0: I'm Dawn, Hi, I'm And I'm Craig.
1: And this is Naked Conversations. Yeah.
0: In this episode, we sort of recap uh, the essay from the last episode.
1: And we talk about your first ketamine IV session. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah. So hang on. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Craig
1: and i'm don.
0: Yep. And this is Naked Conversations, episode 3.
1: Did you call the other one an episode though?
0: Uh, I mean not at the beginning. Well, yeah, <laughs> but they're... even on
1: the title it doesn't yeah. say episode
0: uh-huh. 2. Uh, no, i guess yeah. Maybe i need to redo it. I
1: that. didn't know if maybe
0: it wasn't considered an episode <sighs> yeah, cuz we didn't call. I, I, I don't know, clearly we're new at this. So, uh Yeah. Yeah. We're not professionals. But uh yeah, so episode 2 was just me reading uh the essay that i wrote. Um after getting out of Options Behavioral Health uh, Psych Ward, and I wrote about you know the three months, three or four months leading up to it, um, in which you know I sort of cycled deeper into my depression and uh, started having suicidal ideation, all that stuff, and uh, and then the resulting uh, inpatient stay, and I don't know, I guess it was you know it's trying to revealing more ab- about. Uh, you and me and, and mm-hmm. what our relationship is and what it's yes. been the past recently at least. Right. Yeah. How did you feel about it?
1: Um, well, it's interesting, right? Because it is very raw. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. been very raw and open and we're you know, and, and I am that way with my patients. Right. When I when I do groups, I'm very raw and honest with them because most of them are Dual diagnosis addictions, yeah. and you know you can't bullshit a bullshitter. I mean, they've—that's how they've survived life, and so mm-hmm. you know, I am real and raw and honest with them. Yeah, but then when, when my life is presented from someone else's perspective <laughs> in a real and raw and honest way, yeah, right, then, you know,
0: yeah, and I mean, so. I mean, I and I and I asked you. I mean, as soon as I wrote it, I, I read yeah. it to you, and and I asked, you know, d- does it feel like anything's inaccurate or if mm-hmm. I got anything wrong? Right. And and you said, no, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, f- it feels like it's pretty accurate. I mean, there were some things that I fudged a little bit, right? Like, uh, I mean, Josh, he he planned on moving up with you before that, um,
1: yeah, so it but, wasn't like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you. Yeah. I mean those were insignificant. Yeah.
0: Details. And I mean, yeah, and so you know most of it is is really really accurate in what really happened. And I left a lot of details out of out of the option story. Like I didn't talk about uh the therapist really. I mean I right. mentioned that, you know, that it was 52 hours, but I didn't oh, talk what about a nightmare how, that was. Yeah, I know. I didn't oh talk about gosh. how like uh I mean she was the most dour person there. I mean she was unapproachable. And, you know, my fellow inpatients would uh, ask her questions and sometimes she would snap at them and she just looked, you know, like she looked like she did not want to be bothered. And which is kind of understandable because she was in charge of everyone's discharge date. I mean, she was the one who decided when you got to be discharged.
1: That to me was a surprise because at Indiana Center for Recovery, Mm -hmm. We all meet as a team right. every morning and go through the caseload. We go through every single patient that there might be an issue with. You know, we talk about and Gabby, the director. You know, will talk about. Do you, you know this patient wants to wants to go ahead and discharge? And you know, clinical, where do, where how do you feel about it? Medical. You know, we meet with the patient together a lot when there's issues. Mm-hmm. So I was shocked and what you left out of the Options story, which mm-hmm. by the way, very clever title.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't mention the title in the I actually retitled it, you know, The Atheist and the Psych Ward. But oh, yeah, it was right. it was yeah, the essay was called Out of Options. Out so, of Options, <laughs> yeah, which, which
1: is very clever because <laughs> the place is it's called Options. Ridiculous. No, it wasn't. It <laughs> was very cheesy. very yeah, cute yeah, and clever. Yeah, right. Um
0: I'm I'm very cute and clever, so that yes, yeah,
1: yes, makes sense. So what he failed to mention was I actually had called the police. So yeah. <sighs> yeah, that yeah. that was such a nightmare. Right. I called the police because I mean they <laughs> were holding him against his will yeah. and threatening to chemically restrain him.
0: Yeah, which was nuts, right? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, and for and that's another problem with the unit I was on. It didn't seem like they differentiated between levels of care. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there were some people on there, I mean, there was a woman on there who w- was pretty scary. She had, you know, border. it seemed to me at least, as a n- novice, you know, a borderline personality disorder. Like one minute she would just be super mean, just the meanest person saying cruel things to people. And just, you know, ridiculing them. And then the next minute, she would just be sweet. Oh, she'd have a big smile on her she face. Scared you, didn't she? Talking in a little doll voice <laughs> like this. After, oh, my God. You know, and it just it was it was creepy. I mean, and so there were some people like that. And and I think probably if, you know, if they had lost their shit, probably they deserved, they prob- not deserved, I, that's the wrong word, uh, but they probably should have, you know, been chemically restrained just for the safety of other people. But you know i mean i was i was calm and collected i mean the worst thing that i did there was just cry a lot and i mostly <laughs> uh, i mostly did that alone in in my bed. That's not funny. Why is that funny? I'm
1: sorry, it's funny. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm used to psych yeah. psych, yes, psych wards. My tears are
0: hilarious. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not. They're sad. No, it's okay.
1: I'm just sorry <laughs> is, that funny. Yeah, you were treated sad. that way. I was so sad. I mean, but on the yeah. other hand, you did learn a lot about what it's like to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it it was it was it really was funny though, like for the first couple of days like i said i mean talking to the nursing staff who were all behind that plexiglass window you know the only people out in the actual floor with us uh in the common area and everything uh were the behavioral health aides they were the only ones um with the exception of when the psych np and the therapist would come in but they had their offices and they would close their doors so uh you know i mean when you were talking through that tiny plexiglass window and you know, and I'm wearing the same clothes that I'd worn for, you know, three days. Uh, I mean, I, I think you did sound like, uh, like you were crazy, you know? So, I mean, no matter how polite and kind I was, they, they just kind of ignored me until I said, my wife is a psych NP and she's concerned that I'm not getting these services within 24 hours, like I'm supposed to. And then it's like every head back there turned and it's, it was like they saw me for the first time, and mm-hmm. they started you know that's when you know the, within an hour uh the therapist who I like I said, had been really dour, was calling me into her office, and she was all smiles and just oh, she was so friendly, she was the friendliest person <laughs> in the I'm world she then was. she was well,
1: yeah. and something else you left out, which was interesting because when I tried to get you out of there, yeah. They first sent the director of nursing in and within two minutes she was shaking and ran in the back.
0: Yeah, which is nuts because I mean – and that's when, – when the therapist finally discharged me at the end of the AMA rigmarole and all that, I mean she was clearly shaken and she said – that you actually physically threatened her boss and the director of nursing <laughs> and I and I didn't say anything because no. I wanted to get out of there but I was like mm, that does not sound like my wife Yeah <laughs> no
1: I did not I just was I yeah. just said you know I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner I work at Indiana Center for Recovery mm-hmm. and Dual Diagnosis Addictions Yeah I have been tracking what's been going on with my husband. I've given you guys four days to yeah. take appropriate care of him. Yeah. You failed to do that, and I am here to get him.
0: Yeah, and they—they they, the, what shocks me too is that no one reached out to you. And I know that – I mean I, I don't know everything that I signed – when I, when I was there that first day, but I know every time that there was an emergency contact section or, you know, my wife, do I, do I want, you know, them to be aware of what's going on? I I know that I signed everything and I wanted you to be informed, you know, but the only information that you got from that place was from me calling you and that's nuts.
1: Well, and that was the first thing when I, then they sent the head of accounting out (laughs) to talk to me. And I had no idea who she was. And so I'm talking to this woman and I'm saying, listen, you know, and, and I had called the police and I told the police I'm, and I sat the whole time. Like I made sure whenever I was interacting with anybody, I was seated with my legs crossed. Mm -hmm. I was not being aggressive at all. You know, there's cameras everywhere. So clearly if I had threatened somebody, they would have called the police. But you know, when the police came, I explained everything and I said, I'm here to get him. I will take him to another facility if that's necessary, but he is not getting the care. They're mm-hmm. holding him against his will. And you had signed that AMA, AMA form, yeah, which that isn't, that's not, le- but I mean, for the police officers, as far as they're concerned, they had to follow it. Yeah. Right. Sort of. Yeah. Right. But, <clears throat> but yeah, then, then I'm asking this woman. I'm like, what is your role here anyway? And she's like, I'm the head of accounting. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> like they, they did not send a therapist yeah. out to speak with me. Yeah. And, and honestly, the director of nursing, I think because I do different things in the community mm-hmm. and in the nursing community, I think she may have recognized me yeah, because I kind of recognized her mm, yeah. and, um yeah so she yeah. she quickly left, and i i obviously never threatened anybody.
0: no I know well, and it it to me it kind of makes sense uh just to be cynical for a minute that they sent the head of accounting because that seemed to be their primary right. concern with me. It was that I had private insurance, and mm-hmm. my private insurance was willing to pay for six days of stay, and they were gonna milk it for everything they could mm-hmm. get, you know regardless of what state I was in or what my complaints were or what kind of care plan that we had in place you know so
1: yeah and and honestly at one point she did say that she said well if you take him we won't get paid (laughs) i mean she was straight up which you know knowing that i work in in this field Mm -hmm. i said on i said if you had given him i mean i stayed away from the situation because it was your journey your spiritual journey your mental health journey (laughs) i was available i had he didn't been offered a scholarship yeah. for yeah. you at one of our facilities, yeah, but you know I wanted to because yeah. you know i mean chris, chris was in a in for three different times, and I was yeah. that raging bitch, scared family member just trying to control everything yeah. out of right. pure fear, and, and you I were
0: trying to was it going to do that a codependent and and all yeah. of that and and honestly, i mean if I had gone to Indiana Center for Recovery, I would have gotten excellent service. And I would have, you know, I mean, it would have been a, a, a great experience, um, you know, for me. Um, but I I really wouldn't trade the experience I had in options just because I did learn such valuable lessons. I mean, I, I really learned how important what you guys are doing right at ICFR is and, and what they're doing wrong. Um, yeah.
1: Well, you even said at one point that there was a woman on the couch who was vomiting. Yeah. Screaming for help. Yes. And, and you tried to find help, and you yeah. guys were by yourselves. We were
0: left alone, yeah. Like, the, the nurse went off to do something, and there was one behavioral health aide left. It was like, you know, it was the second shift, and uh, the other behavioral health aide had gone to lunch. And I the, the so the only person on there was this behavioral health aide, and, and he left, I think— not knowing that, that we were alone, that the nurse had left, right? So there was no communication. And uh, and yeah, that woman started you know, calling weekly for help while she was vomiting into a plastic bucket that they'd left for her in the intake room. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I kind of panicked and went over and pounded on the door until that guy came back and he's like, the nurse is here. And I said, no, no, we're alone. And, in a
1: lockdown unit. Yeah, right with
0: Yeah, so I mean we were left alone for 5 or 10 minutes and luckily, you know, I mean nothing bad happened, but it could have, you know, and Yeah, you know, easily. it was yeah, it was not not a great place. So, anyway, that aside, um as far as like the 3 or 4 months leading up to that, I mean, was there anything you were uncomfortable with with me, you know, w- what I revealed or, you know, do you want to talk about anything in in that? You know,
1: Um, I mean, I I think it's I think it's it's being honest just about probably what every couple goes through. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, and you and I sort of have this role reversal Mm -hmm. in our marriage.
0: Yeah. As far as the typical gender roles, you know. Yeah. yeah, Typical gender roles. You're the breadwinner. And, you know, I mean, I do the cooking and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And yeah. But. You know, I, like, I, I mean, I'm not proud of the way I behaved while you were gone. I mean, I, you know, it's like, I really was, I mean, it was, I didn't like the way that I I was and that, and that sort of built on itself too. That sort of, you know, cycled uh, with my depression. I just felt bad about myself because, because I was being kind of just a jealous husband, right? Like I, you know, I couldn't stop watching your location on there, waiting for you to move and waiting for you to call me and wondering why you're not calling me. And it was just, it was so, so dumb and toxic. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm much, I'm much better now. Like, I mean, really going inpatient and, and having that experience and coming out of it. Like, I just, I really decided that I was going to change things. And now, you know, I mean, I, I really, you know, it doesn't bother me, you know, when, when you're there, i'm not I'm not you know pining over what you're doing and mm-hmm. i'm I'm doing work that I find valuable you know I wrote the essay and i'm you know starting to work on the novel again and I really feel like i'm in a much better i feel better about myself you know not right. just about and you know i feel better about us i feel i feel like if we had if i hadn't had that breakdown and we had just kept going like we were, it would have just been worse for both of us you know we mm-hmm. would have We probably would have, you know, gone into our separate corners and just kept fighting this whole thing until.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean,
1: so I I have I do have a question, though.
0: Yeah.
1: Having had the experience that you had. Yeah. And seeing the, you know, compassion fatigue and seeing Mm. all of that. Mm -hmm. So. Can you understand when I have communication with my colleagues and i mean can you can you see why there's not a lot of people that we can hang out with that understand Mm. what we deal with yeah you know there's and especially when when you have you know right now we have 85 patients and we're all pretty much interacting with all the patients, and then we every morning we discuss the patients. So, when you have these tragic situations, yeah, daily, mm-hmm. and you know it's sorry, I'm going to cry. That's so silly, yeah. but you know it's it's every you know you're seeing a patient anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour at a time, yeah. right? Right. And they're having these breakdowns and you're hearing all the tragedy that they've gone through in their life. Right. And you're trying to remain strong and hold this space for them Mm -hmm. to feel these things and be and and hold hope for them. I mean, you're you're a space of hope for them to say, I'm going to I'm going to hold hope for you until you can embrace it for yourself. Yeah and then you recompose yourself and then the next one comes yeah, in.
0: You do it all over again. You do yeah.
1: it all over again and over again. And so then when you're with your colleagues in downtime, yeah. And they've you you're not repeating the story to them because they've been a part of the story the whole time.
0: Yeah.
1: You're just taking the deep breath and and trying to just kind of okay, you know, have that time to regroup I guess yeah
0: right no I mean it makes sense and I, I would imagine you know and I, I don't know this firsthand obviously but I would imagine it's similar to the, the kind of you know camaraderie and, and, and brotherhood to you know for lack of a better term you know the, the sense of fraternity that you feel with fellow soldiers who are in war right I mean yeah, there I are imagine. some things that you can't talk about with other people that you can only talk about with somebody who was there you know and mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I, I totally I mean, I, I don't get that, you know, but right. I can I can imagine what that's like. And, yeah, I can see how that's important and valuable to you.
1: Well, and there's even, you know, as that example, there are even violent patients Right. that, you know, I was so tired the other day that when a patient was threatening to hit me and throw something at me, I started moving closer to the patient because I was like, okay, good. I can go home and take a nap. And my, my fellow, my colleague was starting to move objects away from the patient. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I'm just tired. And that's, you know, but you know, some days you're just like, okay, I'm
0: done. Well, and you know, you've talked before about the dance that you have to do with each of your patients and, and meeting them where they're at. And, and that's something that I wish that there had been more of at, at options, you know, like there just wasn't that, like, I felt like people just weren't seeing us, you know, like uh, even the the nurse practitioner who was there, like I can probably count on one hand the number of times she made eye contact with me. And I, and I know that's not how you, that's how, mm-hmm. not how you, not at work all. and that's not how your colleagues work i've seen how you guys work with your patients and it's it's remarkably different than than what i experienced so no i mean you you guys are doing great work and uh i don't know i, I kind of wish that you guys would take over take over options or you know i don't know i don't know <laughs> or i don't know i don't I, they need training I they need yeah i don't know but okay okay are we done? Let's, let's finish talking about the essay. Okay. So. But, okay. Now tell me, now tell me how good it was and how awesome I am. Is it? Your <laughs> essay was so good. And it was uh, so whatever. awesome.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And I, I, it was very wordy. It and was. No, I, it was really I, good. I, I recorded it in one take. I didn't, you know, so I flubbed up a few times, but anyway. Okay.
1: No, it was, it yeah. was amazing. And yeah. I had already sent it to a few of my colleagues. Yeah. And um, oddly enough, it was really kind of funny because one of my colleagues and, and my boss, we were all sitting around talking and. Yeah and brought up the essay and she was like she was like oh i loved it he's such a good writer he's so passionate she looked at my <laughs> boss and she's like and you were in there twice
0: <laughs> and yeah, he's, yeah. Like, uh, he's like what i know, what? <laughs> I know. And it was you know, pretty funny yeah i know and uh, yeah and he's a he's a nice guy and he does good work and i know he's a he's a good friend to you you know and you guys you guys were in have been at this place since the beginning and and uh we yeah.
1: built some pretty incredible things together. Yeah. I mean, the core mm-hmm. group of us from the Bloomington location, you know, yeah. the director of nursing and mm-hmm. just that core group of us that, you know, we were up in the middle of the night with COVID patients yeah. when, that were detoxing. And I mean, that was, you talk about a battle yeah. and that was, that was something else in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been, we've all been through a lot yeah, together. Yeah. You've been
0: through the trenches, you know, and yeah. the foxholes together. And yeah, that's, that's a kind of camaraderie that I'll just never know. <laughs> I don't
1: know. We're doing a podcast yeah, right, together. Yeah.
0: So yeah, this is like a foxhole. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, so. Okay. So. <laughs> Ketamine. Okay. So I had my Craig first, yeah.
1: followed the rules, and mm-hmm. on my drive home from South Bend, mm-hmm. he would not let me ask any questions. <laughs> so
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Naked yeah. Conversations is truly that.
0: <laughs> so we are yeah.
1: ready to now talk yeah. about the ketamine, I'm, and, and speaking I'm so excited. Of, and
0: speaking of Naked Conversations, just to go back to the essay, well, it felt weird to record it with all my clothes on. It just, you know.
1: Did it? Yeah, I, I figured did. maybe you.
0: I, I feel like it. I, I really cheated the audience by not <laughs> <laughs> recording right. it naked, but I was by myself, so I, I kept my clothes on. Okay, ketamine. Um, okay, yeah. Okay,
1: so and this, everybody, this is the first I've heard. He really is following the rules yeah. and not telling me anything about it yeah, until. Just,
0: so he did do just it today, in the moment. Yep. So, uh, you know, I I went in and I, I was a little nervous, but not too much. You know, I figured. I mean, you'd done it, and you're kind of a lightweight as far as. Oh wow! (laughs) Well, I mean, as you know, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, when we first got together, I mean, you you told me that you thought you might be an alcoholic, and I was like, "Oh, how much do you drink?" And you were like, "Oh, a couple glasses of wine." What? (laughs) That's that's like that gets you. Okay, so compared to you, so you're you're just a lightweight. Yes, okay. Okay, you're not that you know. Okay, Um, uh, but you know, it, it had been. I mean, I quit drinking. Um, a while ago, and uh, so I did. You know, I I've not I've been sober for a while, and uh, so I was a little nervous about it in that respect. But you know, um, you had gotten such relief from it, so I was I was excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go in, get the IV in, um, talking to the psychiatrist, and I'm saying, you know, like uh, how long does it take to kick in? And he's like, oh, five to ten minutes, and and I. So and you would give me the advice that I should you know take some headphones and find a good meditation or something, uh, and I didn't know what, so I just kind of found a guided meditation on an Apple playlist and uh, and just hit play, um, and it was incredible. I mean, I. Within five minutes, I was. It felt like I was just floating. Like I had my eyes closed, Um, you know, and I wasn't feeling a lot of pain. I had I had used the elliptical trainer for like an hour before uh, I left work that day, so which is my usual routine. Like I exercise at lunch instead of eating, and uh, so I was. You know, it was a little sore. My legs were sore or whatever, Um, but within you know, those first five to 10 minutes, all of my pain was gone. Like and the pain of the, uh, the IV site was gone. Like I could, you know, um, and, and after a, a bit, like all I could really feel were the tips of my fingers and the tips of my toes. And it wasn't like I was, you know, I wasn't, it was like I was there, but I wasn't there. And it was like, I was floating. It was like, I was field, filled with helium (laughs) and I was floating off of the chair that I was laying on. I had my eyes closed. Um, but I could kind of see a little bit like at the bottom of my, you know, the slits of my eyes. Um, so I could tell that, you know, my daughter was still in the room, uh, and I could see the doctor come in at one point and, but, but, it was also so I was peripherally aware of that stuff, but it was also like I was in my own universe mm-hmm. completely my own universe so and and it was almost like the guided meditation that I had chosen just at random was tailor made for what I was going through I mean mm-hmm. so all I was doing I felt was that way with mine. Uh, yeah, I was like I was just concentrating on my breath, and it was this really calm woman's voice telling me you know I don't know that I was that I was a good person and worthwhile and you know to think about other people and have expressed gratitude for everything it was just gratitude for all of these things and so that was sort of going on and it's like her voice was the only voice in the world and I was kind of aware that I had been a person before Mm
1: -hmm. and that there were
0: other people in the room but I was also like oh this might be how I exist from now on. Like I might just be floating in my own universe for the rest of existence and that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, but then, and, and then at some point, like that was maybe it lasted for 15 minutes, um, like that. And it was just incredible. And then the, the, uh, the next guided meditation came on and that was a little jarring, mm-hmm. just a little jarring though. Like it was like, I was like, mm, I kind of wish this one would go on, but that, you know, so it was a, a different person's voice and a different, mm-hmm. but again, it, it was so easy to just sort of sink into that. And, uh, and, and I had tried and I've tried meditation before you and I have taken a meditation class through, mm-hmm. through the college. Right. Um, and, uh, never very successful. I mean, you, you know, your mind drifts and you, uh, you you know, you think about the floor underneath your butt and how uncomfortable it is, or, you know, you have to adjust your legs or, you know, you, you, you just can't find that flow state. And I remember thinking at one point that the ketamine was just like a shortcut to becoming a, a full-on yogi master. Like I, yeah. Yes. I mean, like it was... It was like uh, I was in the perfect flow state. Like I, Mm -hmm. I uh, thoughts came, not very many thoughts came, but when they came, they just they were there. I didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't worry about them. I wasn't worried about anything. I remember thinking at one point, probably during the second uh, the second guided meditation. Once it started, I thought I was thinking I was thinking. uh, I remember being a person who had to go to work. And I remember being a person who, uh, <laughs> who had to drive a car, um, <laughs> and I thought, and now I am. And it's like, nah. <laughs> no, it wasn't like it wasn't like I felt powerful, but it was yeah, like those things felt almost entirely alien, or like they belonged yeah. to a different part of my life. Like I, I sort of imagined, you know, what if a, you know, if if a problem came up at work, and I felt like I do right now. Everything would be just fine. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter what it was, you know. If it was a a flood, a pipe burst, or a, you know, the yeah. electricity went out in one of the buildings, I'd be like, "Hey guys, it's cool. It's <laughs> yeah, all good. We got this. Don't worry about it. Oh. We're one with the universe. Why, <laughs> nice. This is not a big deal." Um. Uh. So you know, and so I went through like three, maybe three and a half guided meditations, and then uh, suddenly, um the nurse was back there and she was, uh, unplugging me from the IV drip bag. And, uh, I opened my eyes and at one point too, like I thought, uh, I may never open my eyes again. I may just, you know, keep my eyes closed like this. Um, and, uh, but yeah, but then I came back to the world and, uh, I mean, I, I, my first thought when I, when I finished it was, everybody needs to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I looked at Zamira and I said, you need to do this, you know, uh, you need to feel this sense of peace. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it, and it's, you know, I still feel it this evening. Not, not nearly as tensely, obviously, as I did then, you know, I mean, and and standing up, it was a little hard. I mean, like it was a little unsteady on my feet, you know, for a few minutes. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, I felt, incredible, uh, still do. I still feel very peaceful. I can, you know, and, and my anxiety and depression, um, have been pretty much under control with the antidepressants and everything so far. Um, so, uh, so I don't feel like, uh, I was in desperate need of it, but I can see if I had been, if I had been, uh, if instead of taking me to the emergency room and options, if we had gone straight to Dr. Bonnie's <laughs> office and we had done the ketamine yeah. thing, I think I would have come out of it feeling as good as I did, you mm-hmm. know, spending three days in that, in that psych ward. Like I, it it really did feel like, and, and at one point too, and I, I think this might've been psychosomatic, but. I remember feeling like there was less pressure in my head like mm-hmm. there was I felt like my brain was not shrinking but compacting somehow like it was it was and it was a, in the most incredible joyous mm-hmm. way like I felt relief yeah. just relief and it was uh it was it was really really beautiful um yeah very profound experience and uh and I you know I'm I'm scheduled for five more of them because that's how they do it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I, you know, it's not like I don't feel, and I've never done heroin or, or opiates. Uh, I mean, except for like, you know, uh, when I had my wisdom teeth pulled kind of thing, you know? Um, but I don't feel like, like a junkie, like I'm like, I, I need that next fix of ketamine. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'll really enjoy the experience again, but I feel, I feel great and I don't feel like I need to be high or anything. I, like I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, um, that I have the, any better words for it right now, but it was, yeah, it was great. Uh, I will say that, um, and maybe the only visual hallucination I had, and it wasn't really visual because I had my eyes closed, but I I remember it was very dark behind my eyelids, but I I sort of felt like I could see the ceiling even through my eyelids, and I felt like every time I breathed in, I was rising toward the ceiling, and when I would breathe out, I would fall back down to the... So that was really the only kind of uh, maybe hallucinatory thing that I had. hmm um yeah. You have questions?
1: I do have questions, mm. but I will start out by saying mm-hmm. we don't use the term
0: junkie. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Sorry about that. Yeah. That's that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. I was bad. I apologize. Okay.
1: So, yeah. <clears throat> when you Okay, so when you were done then mm-hmm. Zamir was with you. Yes. And then, like what was your how did you describe it to zamir like right after the
0: process uh mostly the same like way i mean i didn't go i mean when we got to the car, that's when I really started talking about it before that, there was some other stuff we had to take care of scheduling and and whatnot um uh but i, I mean i yeah pretty much the same way as you i I just told her that it was incredible like i felt i felt really good and uh and that she, I feel like, I felt like she needed to do mm-hmm. it. I also felt like I needed to hug everybody. <laughs> like, just, I immediately <laughs> needed to give everybody hugs. <laughs> and it, it wasn't like the, uh, you know, the kind of drunken, I love you, yeah, you know, yeah. drunkenness hug. It was more like, uh, yeah, I just felt like I needed to connect with people. And yeah. in fact, when, when we got home, <laughs> we sat on the couch together and I, uh, I held her in my lap, like, uh, <laughs> like she was a baby again. And I talked about, and I, I talked to her about how, uh, how when she was a baby, I would carry her around with me, uh, in, in my arm and she would, you know, just with her head on my chest, like looking out at the world when she was fussy and that we would just walk around whatever room we were in and look at things. And I would talk to her about, you know, the pictures on the wall mm. or whatever and, I don't know. It was just cool. I would just talk to her for a long time about how much I loved her as a child and how much she taught me and how much she taught me to love and, and, uh, yeah, how scary it was to be a parent, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but it was, it was, yeah, we had a nice 15, 20 minutes on the couch there, just, uh, yeah, yeah, just cuddled up and,
1: yeah, uh, when, when Joshua, so, my son, Joshua, who's 20. So when I did the ketamine, mm-hmm. um, my son Joshua is the one that took me. And I thought it was perfect to have the kids. You know, I mean, I thought it was great that you were taking Zamira with you. Because what we're doing is we're healing generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, our kids now, I mean, we can break the cycle. We're doing what it takes to to heal by taking hallucinogens (laughs) Um, but but, you know we're we're seeking out what takes to heal now when i decided to do the ketamine infusions i was actually um i was watching a video on glutamate Mm -hmm. and it was actually a conference um recorded conference on glutamate and gaba and um bdnf and the which is the um, brain-derived nootropic factors.
0: Of course it is. And,
1: and and that's kind of the scaffolding. I mean, it's it's the scaffolding for the, the nerve cells in the yeah. brain. And so I'm watching this just fascinating uh, talk, and, you know, they were talking about glutamate and how we need to start focusing on glutamate instead of the neurotransmitter, you know, the, the dopamine, norepinephrine, and yeah. serotonin, or, you know, in conjunction with. And the end of the talk was that was the whole point it was about you know ketamine it was about you know what what do we use to then do this yeah. and that's what it was on and that's when i was convinced that yeah. because not only the the experience and seeing the world differently yeah you know seeing the bigger picture when you're in that state but also the long-term effects on the brain yeah. and, and the building helps.
0: blocks of the neurons and all yeah. that. Yeah. No. Um, and I also, I mean, I don't want anybody who's listening to this to think that, you know, ketamine is the answer to everything. I mean, I'm, I, in fact, I, I did finally get called back by, uh, crosswinds. And so okay. I'm, I'm going to start therapy on Monday. Good. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm, I'm eager to, to dig into the work of unpacking, you know, the bad habits that I have and the things that I, I that I wanna change about my, my behavior and uh and you know, so and this is I think this is um a a good step toward that, but it's not the end of the work, it's just the beginning. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and so when I do spravado with patients, which is the nasal um Version, S, S- yeah. ketamine, mm-hmm. a little bit different um formulation of it, I can actually do therapy with the patients so like you know what your experience was and what mine was you go pretty deep with the iv ketamine but in the situations with the nasal um it's kind of like the studies they did with psilocybin where you can actually have that sort of cathartic that healing experience you can talk to a therapist and Mm -hmm. kind of you know go through some of your trauma and i found you really can get through months of of. Trauma therapy in one or two sessions just because that, you know, all those, um, those blocks go away. Yeah.
0: Those grooves that you yeah, slide you can, into.
1: Yeah. You can, um,
0: re groove. Yeah.
1: You yeah. can open up a new pathway to process the trauma, kind of yeah. like with EMDR. Yeah. But, um,
0: yeah. But yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I it's weird because I, and on one hand, I cannot imagine like those first 15 minutes trying to talk to somebody <laughs> because, yeah. because it was, it was, like I said, I was in my own universe and it mm-hmm. was, you know, like I, yeah, all the, all the boundaries around me just kind of disappeared. And uh yeah. So I, you know, I, I mean, I, I probably, and I probably could have opened my eyes and had a deep conversation Um, but with the headphones on and, and everything that I was feeling, uh, it, it felt incredible to just slip away. And, uh, -hmm. and that's another thing I was going to say is that, uh, it, it may have felt like we were talking last in our, in our first episode about, um, the separation of mind and body Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, I did felt, I did feel like my my body slipped away a little bit and my consciousness was floating. Like it was
1: wow. yeah. so,
0: and I don't know if that's the start of feeling something spiritual. Maybe it is. I mean, if it is, then, then bring it on, you know, cause that's pretty incredible imminent. Mean, and maybe it's not, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just, uh, I don't know, but I, I did have some thoughts about consciousness and, and what it means to be a, a thinking creature or entity or whatever, whatever we are, you know,
1: mm-hmm. um, a spiritual being as spiritual opposed to
0: being in a, in a, yeah, in a, a physical human, form, physical sure. form
1: yeah. as opposed to just one chemistry
0: and biology thing. And, and yeah, then once you're gone, you're gone. Sure. Right.
1: I did want, go ahead.
0: No, please. I was all,
1: so I did want to say something that mm. has kind of been bothering me a little bit Uh oh. about in
0: trouble. No,
1: you're not in trouble. But on the first the first podcast that we did in our conversation. Mm -hmm. So I do believe in everything I believed in as, you know, when I was young. Yeah. What I've learned through science and what I've learned through mental health and Mm -hmm. is is they are all very much scriptural principles. One of those principles is we don't rob people of their karma or their spiritual journey. Mm. And one of the principles in scripture that seems to be ignored in Christianity today is the Holy Spirit is the entity that pulls, that draws people into God. Mm. Excuse me. So, you know, I'm sure that there are people who are like, you're married to an atheist. Aren't you worried he's going to die and go to hell? Yeah, and, right. you know, or there's that person doing whatever and they're going to die and go to hell. And it's my job to save them. Right. It is not our job to save anybody. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit draws people into communion with God. Yeah. So I believe that my Christian walk. Mm-hmm is more aligned with the intent of what Christ did. Yeah. So... (laughs) Again, I th- I think I'm just needing. I don't know. I just need to say that out loud for yeah. some reason. No,
0: it's okay. I, you know, it's
1: not my job to save you. Right.
0: <laughs> it's not right. my
1: job to save sure. you.
0: Sure. And I, you know, I, I, and honestly, I mean, you know, I don't know. What? Obviously, I, I, I felt the need for you to save me when I was in that psych ward, and you did a great job.
1: <laughs> uh, but
0: yeah, but as far as saving my, I don't like. I don't feel like I need that. Um, and I, you know, and I think there are some things, uh, in future episodes that. That we should unpack as far as, you know, the belief in heaven and hell and, mm-hmm. uh, and good versus evil and, uh, and, and externalizing good too. Like, right, you know, because I think externalizing the bad, uh, and, you know, giving it all to the devil is in some ways just as bad as externalizing the good. Right. Like, I think mm-hmm. that, um, we do a disservice to ourselves when we, when you know, and it's and it and it's a kind of akin to telling a person with cancer that they have to have a positive attitude about it. You know, that's just that's just a horrible thing to put on somebody who's suffering something that that you know most of us don't experience, and to tell them that they have to have a positive attitude about it, or they're gonna you know that's they're gonna die. It just uh, that just seems obscene to me in a lot of ways, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: All right. All right. (laughs) So
1: that was your first ketamine experience. That was my first
0: ketamine experience. And then uh, and I'm going back to uh, Bible study this Saturday. Um, And I suppose we'll do another episode about that on Saturday. Um, I suspect we won't release this until maybe Monday of next week, and then we'll do the other one. Why? Are
1: you going to be lazy about it? Not actually? No, no, no,
0: no. It's not about laziness. I just don't want to, you know. I mean, most podcasts, they have a couple of episodes per week, and then, yeah. So you probably mm-hmm. won't hear this until Monday, and that's okay. And then uh we'll release the um Bible study episode later yeah. in the week and
1: unless I talk him into it. releasing it earlier, <laughs> in which case
0: <laughs> yeah, friends
1: right. and family mm-hmm. you will know anyway, that I won. <laughs> yes, and yes, and she <laughs>
0: probably will win because you know, I'm I'm right most of the time, but occasionally <laughs> you're right, and that's okay. Um yeah, until then, uh thank you so much for listening. And you know, if you like us. Um, you can, I think there's a, an option to leave us a voice message or whatever. Um, and you can also rate and review us that think that helps oh my gosh. with our metrics. You know
1: how that would be so bad for me though, because then I'll <laughs> yeah. be like, do people like me? We'll do listen. they like me? I know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And you, so you handle Well, it. and I don't, yeah, I don't think we'll, you know, necessarily read. I don't know. I don't know. Who, who knows? I've never He'll been. will protect me. I've never been reviewed very much, so I don't have to deal with a lot of negative stuff, but. All right. Anyway, have a great week and we love you. And yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Naked Conversations has been a mountain. Loves, loves the morning the light
0: morning. production. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Love you. Have a great week.